Hey, welcome to the Creative Career Starter Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Chris Lyons. In this podcast, we will have conversations with young creative professionals about the steps that they took to go from design school grad to successful employee at a creative firm. The goal is to energize and inform your job search with their tips and stories, maybe help you get your first creative job. So stick around. Let's get at it. Today on the Creative Career Starter Podcast, we will spend some time with Abby Dye. Abby graduated with a degree in graphic design in May of 2019, has been working at Digital Hive in Syracuse, New York, as a digital graphic designer. Hi, Abby. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm doing good. <laughs> it's so good I'm to see you well. again. I haven't <laughs> seen you since you graduated, which seems like a, a lifetime ago, but it was May. Yeah, no, it feels like it's like... I, it feels like it's been years. I know, doesn't it? I'll bet for you. So you are now a um, digital graphic designer at Digital Hive in Syracuse, New York. Can you talk about why you classify yourself a digital graphic designer? Yeah, so that's, I mean, the simplest answer is that that's what the position was when I applied. Gotcha. Um, but uh, since Digital Hive is very much a digital marketing company, that's we try to affiliate ourselves as much with digital as possible because sometimes we have clients coming in saying, can you do print ads for us? And we're like, we can, <laughs> but that's not what we do. So it's very much the clarification of uh, traditional, I guess, graphic designer compared to okay. specifically. So, so that's your discipline. That's where you, but do you do print? Do you do anything if you get asked? Uh, yeah, if we get asked, um, some t- it's usually for our bigger clients, the ones who, you know, pay us as much as we need them to. Gotcha. Um, but yeah. So talk about what it is you do on a daily basis at Digital Live. So I get into work. The first thing I do is check my email, check my tasks. We have a whole system of, uh, I respond to our creative director and our project manager who kind of work together on distributing tasks for are as many clients as we have. Um, and then from there, it's, you know, seeing if I have any updates to if I send out retargeting ads you know, for, you know, preview to build out. Are they ready to build out yet? Are we still waiting on feedback? And then my day is usually just cranking through. Uh, one of my coworkers best put it as a, being a banner monkey. <laughs> so <laughs> That's awful. With, yeah, it, it sounds worse than it is, but um, I mean, we have it down to a process where it's like I could get through, you know, 36 ads in one day wow. for multiple clients. Yeah, it's the thing is, it's so fast there where it's like there are some days where it's like I have to conceptualize and build out an entire ad set for display, retargeting and social all at the same <laughs> all within the same eight hour span. Okay, Abby, so you you graduated five months ago. How much have you learned so far on this job? Oh, I've learned a lot. I mean, I went into the job with not really any knowledge of digital ad. Um, You know, that's not what I thought I was going to go into (laughs) when I was in college. Um, But, you know, I got there and, you know, the people I was working with were so helpful and, you know, making sure I learned everything, you know. What size is, you know, Facebook and Instagram's 80-20 rule for text and, you know, how to use WordPress and Instapage and Sketch. And it's like I've taken a whole nother design (laughs) design class since being there. That's incredible. So talk about when you were a senior, what did you imagine your career would look like five months out of school? 
I mean, five months out of school, I was hoping for, you know, I was hoping for a job in the games industry, like video games, tabletop, like literally anything that had to do with video games, because that's what I was interested in. That's what my senior project was on. It was literally making a video game with a couple other game design students. Um, but, you know, I <laughs> it clearly didn't end up that way, but I'm not mad that it didn't end up that way. That's incredible. Yeah, because you were you were all in on game design. Um, as you just said, your senior project was all it was Ollie. It was a wonderful project. You designed a, a video game. Yeah. But um, so no opportunities in that arena for you? I mean, I looked. I very much looked. Um, but, you know, there was, you know, I talked with a couple of like game design professors towards, you know, the middle end of my senior year. And they were like, you know, as a graphic designer, you could go into the marketing aspect. But a lot of those jobs were looking for like experience already in the industry. Let's talk about your job search process. How many places do you think you reached out to? God, at least 100, really? if not more. Wow. Yeah. I mean, once, honestly, the begin- like end of April, beginning of May hit, I was spam applying to jobs on LinkedIn, which is specifically the thing that we weren't told to do. Yes. <laughs> but for me, you know, I had the, like, I did have the option to go back home and live with my parents and, like, do job searching that way. So that way it was a little bit more calm. But I had a boyfriend and I had a cat and neither of which would be able to go with me. So I was like, I want to stay out here and independent as much as possible. So gotcha. it was, yeah. So when you just did Shotgun Approach, not much happened. How did you how did you get in touch with Digital Hive and how did that process go? So they were, I saw the listing on LinkedIn. Um, it's, I mean, one of the best things about LinkedIn is that you can like very much refine it to a specific area. Um, you know, years of experience, all that kind of thing. But, you know, I just kind of applied to them on a whim. I looked at their website and was like, oh, you know, this is cool. These people seem nice and fun. And I think I applied to them at the beginning of June. By mid-June, I had already a phone interview with them. And then from there, they're like, oh, we want you to have an interview with us a couple days later um, with, you know, the head of HR, their account person, their creative lead, and one of their co-founders because it's a, the company is about 50 people. So, so I had to, uh, so it, it was just kind of like that process and we just kind of kept communicating. And at that point, I was talking to maybe two other companies at the time. So it was very, very easy <laughs> to uh, kind of slide right in into that. So what do you think wanted for it? Did you, did you really, did you send them a strong letter? Did you get in and show your portfolio? Tell me how the process went. So it was initially a phone interview of them. It's very basic, just kind of like, you know, who are you? You know, what kind of experience do you have? Uh, what interested you in the company? Which for a lot of companies, that first phone interview, that's specifically what it is because it's the weeding process, mm-hmm. essentially. From there, I sent in my portfolio, sent in my resume. At that point, like it was very refined, very specific. And when I got in for the in-person interview, I didn't even show my portfolio. They all had looked at it beforehand and they just wanted to ask about me, which was such an anomaly for me at that point because most places wanted to wanted me to essentially speak about my portfolio, you know, speak about my experience making the thing, what I learned, yep. why I did the thing, storytelling. It's funny. Every single experience is so different. Somebody, one of my students got asked what they were like as a child. Really? That was a new one. 
Yeah. Yeah. What could that possibly have to do with anything? But I think it's the unexpected question. But um, I mean, so let's talk about they looked at your portfolio because you had a portfolio website. Did you shape it in any particular way for them? What did it it end up looking like for this presentation? So for the presentation, um, I think what I I specifically did, I haven't looked at my portfolio in so long, but... um, Abigail. I know. I've been busy. (laughs) But what I did specifically for that, which was actually advice given to me by one of the connections I made in the games industry was, you know, put your strongest pieces first, which was advice, you know, I've also gotten from you. And, you know, that's why I put Ollie at the front. That's why I put some of my RIT design at the front. For that, it was just, you know, making sure the good stuff was out there because I had maybe five or six pieces. Like, that's, all you need. that's all you need. That's, exactly. That's all you need. Because, I mean, I've, I've <laughs> seen many other portfolios from like current students who are just like 20 projects, but they're all kind of eh. Yeah, and then I'm like, I don't want to go through this to find the good one. Yeah, right. No, we have a rule of three. Really, three strong projects is plenty in a portfolio. Yeah, at twenty, it beats twenty meh projects all day long. Definitely, because the storytelling you can do with three is a lot stronger than you can do with twenty. You're not kidding. So your book was pretty well received. That was not an issue, and it came down to you as a personality, as a the way you projected yourself as a professional. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I got a few technical questions like, do you know how to use WordPress? And my response to that was, I've heard of it. No. <laughs> yeah. You didn't just say yes and go home and learn it? No, no. Because the big thing with that was because, I mean, the first thing I was asked to, I was asked like once I got in the door was, do you want some coffee? Do you want some water? And I had been there in Syracuse because I didn't have a ride there. I didn't have my license or a car. So I took the 7 a.m. train, got in Syracuse around 7.30, was in a Starbucks for about two hours. And, you know, the first thing they asked me when I walked in the door was like, oh, how was your drive over? And then, you know, started a conversation. <laughs> did you tell them? Did you admit this thing that you just admitted to me? Yeah. No, I, I told them that, like, I was there. They're like, what have you been doing for the past two hours? I'm like, my senior project. <laughs> uh, just an aside, Abigail just got her driver's license. How old are you now? 21, 22? <sighs> I'm 21. And she just now. Congratulations, <laughs> by the way. Just Thank got her you. driver's license. Yep. Oh I, mean, I mean, fine. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, it's not like you lived in New York City and you were taking the subway everywhere. How did I you, know. How did you get this far without a license? Uh, carefully. I was biking to campus from my sophomore to my senior year. So, <laughs> through the three feet of snow all the time. Oh, my God. All right. So... Back to this job search process. How long did it take once you finished your interviews to hear from them? God, it was maybe two weeks. Oh, was that long? Which, I mean, I think that I think that was the longest part of the process was just waiting to hear back from them. But I mean, a lot of other companies, like there was one place I interviewed where it took them months to get back to me because they were going through a moving process, which is understandable. But you know, they're like, "Oh, we'll tell you next week." Oh, we'll tell you next week, and it kept being next week. And I essentially had to call them to force the answer out of them, which they kind of just told me, you know, thank you for calling and checking in. We moved on with a different candidate. And I'm like, great. You could have. Yeah. You know, you can usually figure after two weeks, it's time to move on to your next. But in your case, it was two weeks and you still hadn't heard. They gave me a good time frame. What I learned later um, was that between May and July, 
they hired 26 people. Wow. So they were, they were going through it because someone who was applying, I didn't know that. So I was just like, I'm going to hold out hope and see if they get back to me. They did. And that, that had to be a tough two weeks. Yeah, it, it was stressful. I had phone interviews with other places. and So you kept interviewing? Yeah, I, got, I never stopped applying. <laughs> did you get any other offers or did you did Digital Hive come in before you had a chance to really pursue anything else? They were the first one. And I know specifically to that, I was, I mean, right after I got the offer, I was like, yes, I want this. This is way better than I thought it was going to be. It's a job. I have to move, sure. But like, you know, I can do that. But when I had to turn down the other places I was talking to at the time and be like, hey, I took this other offer here. There was one place in particular in New York City that was like, oh, you know, we wanted to talk some more. If you haven't accepted the offer already, give us a call. Mm. So I had to, I had a brief like day or two where I was like, oh God, I accepted this offer. What if this other one was better? But now that I think about it, I wouldn't have been happy there. Because okay. I also don't, like, I didn't think, like, I didn't want to move to the city. I didn't want to have to, because it's expensive. It's expensive. New York City is not for everybody. No. And, like, I like central New York. Oh, Like, boy. central western. Oh, yeah. 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 Sure. But it, the good thing about New York City is you don't need a driver's license. <laughs> you know, but here's the thing. I probably never would have gotten it if I moved to New York City. <laughs> no, Let's... Kidding. Let's talk a little bit about um, negotiating. So what happened when it came time for the offer for them to, who, how did that conversation go? So what happened was they sent me an email with the offer letter, which is what usually happens. And the woman from HR, uh, whose name is Sarah, she's a lovely person. um, She was like, if you have any questions about it, or if you want to talk about it, here's when I'm free, just let me know you're calling. Like, just text me, let me know you're calling. For me, it was just kind of a question of specifying things. You know, what is this 90 day transition period? What is, like, when do benefits start in? What about, you know, saving for retirement funds and all this other stuff? I know I wanted to plan those questions in advance. I eventually got on the phone with her and I'm like, I get paid about, um, like, $20 an hour, which is standard for someone especially fresh out of college. And, you know, she was like, oh, here's what you can do to help save for it. You know, we do IRA matching, we do all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, so eventually the value is going to come in. Mm-hmm. For me, it was less about, you know, I mean, if I was be- if I was being offered $10 an hour, I wouldn't have taken it. Okay. Just because I know as a person, I value myself more, but there wasn't a lot of negotiating. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the challenge. You don't have a ton of leverage when you're just fresh out of school and you don't have a lot of experience and yeah. it's a job you really want. The um, the benefits package is worth that can be five to seven thousand additional real dollars a year. Yeah. So it's it's considerable. For me, that's money I now don't have to spend on my own insurance. There you go. It's a good way to look at it. Yeah. All right. So now that you've been there, you're a grizzled veteran of five months. Are you (laughs) are you seeing young talent come in the door? Do you have the opportunity to to look at portfolios or advise young people coming into the workforce? Occasionally we have, um, we've started like a, I mean, we have interns coming through all the time. We have one intern right now who I specifically don't do a lot of talking to. It's mostly with our art director who she reports to, but we've had shadowies come in who I've talked to about graphic design and specifically graphic design at Digital Hive and, you know, kind of what I was talking to you about before about the whole process of what I do. You know, sometimes people will, there was one girl who found me on LinkedIn 
And I saw the notification that, oh, she went to, you know, she went to RIT. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. So I added her on LinkedIn and she sent me a message. And now I have this connection with her. So it's, oh, it's see, that's nice. It works, right? Oh, yeah. She got and, to you. Oh, yeah. No. And it's so nice to give back because I was in her shoes where I was yes, <laughs> adding everyone that's who great. was on LinkedIn. That's right. So, Abigail, if you had any advice for these kids coming out and starting this process right now, what would you tell them? Don't stop, because <laughs> I very much went through a process of kind of an existential crisis of self of like, oh, God, I don't have a job. I don't have any idea where I'm going to be. And you can plan, you know, where you want to be, what you want to do. And you can have like this 10 year plan ahead of you. And it could all go to shit. <laughs> It honestly could. And for me, that's kind of what was happening. You know, when I got out of college, I wanted to have a job. I wanted to have, you know, a lease. I wanted to have all this stuff. Graduation came around. I still didn't have a job. And I had been applying since, like, November. So it's it's just the whole thing of don't get discouraged and don't not do what you want to do. That's the big one, isn't it? Chase the thing you want to do and trust that this process will work. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean... I had no intention of going into digital marketing at all when I was applying for jobs. And yet I ended up here anyway. And I love what I do, as crazy as it might be sometimes. So it's just kind of like, you know, don't give up your values. Don't give up what you want to do. And, you know, sometimes you'll find it in the weirdest places, but it's the best places usually where that comes out of. Yep. And I think you have to stay open to it. When I think about that list of 30 places I made you pull together, Digital, mm-hmm. I'm guaranteeing you, Digital Hive was not on that list, right? Not at I had no idea it existed. I know, right? No. <laughs> but you were open to it. And I think given where you were just before you graduated, wanting to be a game designer, and where you've ended up really speaks to your adaptability and your ability to stay open to things and then to grow and learn, which I think is fabulous. Never stop. I haven't stopped learning since I left college. And you so. won't. You know, it's nope. just, this is Talk about lifelong learning. This industry demands it changes so fast. Oh, yeah. And I mean, especially like one of the questions I got when I was being interviewed is, you know, how long would it take you to make a fast Facebook ad campaign? And I'm like, oh, well, you know, where I was working on campus, you know, maybe maybe a week. And there was like an audible gasp in the room because <laughs> most of the time that's done in like two or three days at most. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a crazy industry. So, well, I, I don't doubt for one second you are going to be. Wonderfully successful. You already are. You just have so much energy and such a good (laughs) spirit about you. You are irrepressible. And I can't thank you enough for joining me on this podcast. Abby Dye, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Great to see you again. Good to see you too. Thanks again to our guest, Abby Dye from Digital Hive in Syracuse, New York, for sharing her story. I hope you found it helpful and inspiring as you start your search for that all-important first job. For more tools to help you on your journey, visit creativecareerstarter.com. See you next time.